this podcast is to inspire you to think critically about issues of life and seek God. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Today, I have brought the scripture from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. And uh, this is what it says. I will read that to you and then we'll, we'll pray and then we'll continue on what God has for us this morning. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. And I'm going to read from CB, CSB translation. This is what it says. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The, the, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. And I titled today's uh, sermon, today's teaching, uh, How is your fight going? How is your battle? How is your battle in your faith in Jesus Christ? And you see, I, I think Apostle Paul was giving a framework for a Christian life in this world, how it should be. And for everyone, for the people who are believers in Jesus, and for the people who want to run their race faithfully, believing in Jesus, and how should it look like? How should the race, the fight, and faithfulness should look like? And that's what we are going to talk about, but let me pray before I go any further. Heavenly Father, thank you so much you are here in this place. Holy Spirit, your presence is in this place. I submit myself to you, O Lord. Now speak through me today your word, and Lord, I pray that your presence would be continue in this place as I break this word. Lord, change the hearts and minds of the people who are listening. Oh Lord, work in their lives. Bless them to, from this sermon today, from this message today. I believe, Lord, you are here and you have given this message today. Lord, now lead me and guide me as I preach this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Apostle Paul says... There's three things he said. First of all, he says, I have fought a good fight from what we have read. And then he says, I have finished the race. And then he says, I have kept the faith. This is, I think, when, so, so that means, let me get into this first. That means there's a fight to be fought as Christians. There's a fight. There's a battle. We need to fight continually. And there's a race that we need to finish. There's a race to be completed at the end of this life. And there's a faith we need to keep until the end of our life. So there are three things. So Paul, what he does, he, he, his, Paul measures his life and he reflects in his life. And then he says to Timothy, he wrote this book to Timothy, his protege, saying that, I have, look, I'm about, I'm about to departure from this life to the life that is preserved for me, that is reserved for me by Christ. So he says, let me, let me tell you this. I fought a good fight. I've, I've finished the race that I started and I've kept the faith until the end. And I think we can glean that same approach to our Christian life, in our Christian walk. And in the end of our life, we must be able to say that, hey, we ran a good race, we fought a good fight, and now we have finished the race and we're successful. But my goal today is to encourage all of us today, first of all, to ask the question, how am I doing in, our, in my Christian life? It is not just a life that is going to end here. It is the life that is to come. And we talked the first time I was here, I talked on the eternal mindset, having the eternity approach to our Christian walk. But so I guess this would be a prequel to that. 
messes. So there's a race to be run. There's a fight to be fought. And I want to encourage all of us to think about that as we go on today, that how am I doing in my Christian walk? Am I just here on Sundays or in other days when we meet or in my personal life, in my private life, I am fighting the fight that is before me because it is not going to be easy. As we see the life of Apostle Paul and the life of disciples, we can see that it wasn't easy for them. They had to fight, continually battle against the spiritual realm and their physical realm. Both sides, there was a fight. They had to continually fight. So I want to talk about these three components that Apostle Paul lays out for uh, Timothy. He says, I have fought a good fight. I finished the race. Again, I've kept the faith. Now for us today, that means we are, we, there's a fight to be fought and there's a race to be completed. And there's a faith to be kept until the end. And I want to talk about that. The first thing he says, there's a fight to be fought as Christians. So now when I say that, it's, I'm not talking about Physical blood, and you know, the boxing, MMA, whatever there is outside wrestling. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fight in the spiritual realm. And Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, this is what he says. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of, the, of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in heaven. So, the, we fight against the dark spiritual forces of this world as Christians. And the enemy is out there, right? There's a Satan, there's Satan, there's devil who wants to hinder and, obst and obstruct and bring us away from God. He, his goal is for us to be destroyed. His goal is always to deceive us. So, and, but especially the enemy, the devil is at work in two areas, and I think that covers pretty much everything for him. First of all, he's going to blind the people of this world from coming to Christ. So there's that fight for us to fight. There's this enemy in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, this is what he says, In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. You see, there's one fight that, is to, that, is, that we need to fight that in the spiritual realm is the enemy is out there trying to not let the gospel spread all over the world. And that, I think, our responsibility as Christians is we need to bring the word of God, the gospel to all the people around us. We don't need to go to Africa or Asia to, to do that because there are plenty of people unsaved around us. And now, when we want to bring that gospel, he always brings hindrances. He always brings obstacles. So there's this enemy trying to obstruct us from bringing the gospel of Jesus to our neighbors. How? How does he do that? Well, when you go, want to preach the gospel, they will be, I don't want to hear about it because I heard so and so, and I see their life. You see the Christians, that Christian, I have a neighbor who's a Christian who walks in just like me, his way of talking, his way of treating other people. He's just like me, so why do I need to come to him? So the enemy deceives their mind to think that Christians are no different. They're just ordinary people. But the truth is, Christians, people, the people who are of God, are people who are not ordinary. They are of the priestly lineage now from Christ, beginning from Christ. So the enemy will come to blind the people of this world and deceive them. And you know there are millions of people, billions of people who have not heard or will never accept Christ because of their own personal issues. So enemy is working behind that. 
And there's another area as the enemy will, will work, to deceive and dissuade the believers themselves. Jesus said this himself in the book of Mark, chapter 13, verse 22. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. So, now, the first point we were talking about is there's a fight to be fought as a Christian. And there's a fight to be fought in the spiritual realm, especially. And for the Christians, there's, there's, the enemy is working against the people who have not believed in Jesus. And then he's also working the lives of people who already have believed in Jesus. He's trying to persuade the believers away from the gospel. He brings division in the church. He brings offenses in the church. He brings gossips. He brings discouragement in the body of Christ. He does that continually. So as believers in Jesus, we are to continually stand strong and stand guard against that kind of offenses, discouragement in the church. That's why we gather here today, right? To be encouraged, to receive encouragement from one another, to talk about uh, one another. We share testimonies. We say, hey, tell me about what's going on in your life. Now, when we cease to do that and isolate ourselves, then there is discouragement. You have thoughts going in your mind that says otherwise, and but the Word of God says otherwise. But when you meet in fellowship, you encourage one another, and then you say, hey, it's going to be okay because God is with you. But the enemy will come and try to divide us, discourage us, and bring dissension in our lives. And then bring offenses, bring gossip, and it will tell you lies of all kinds. He'll say, hey, you know, the, the enemy is really good at this. To, if, you, if, if, if the believer is saying something, he might say to you, whisper to you, the, uh, the enemy saying, hey, I, I wonder if they're talking about you. <laughs> hey, listen, they have that thing going on. And, and they will just discourage by this gossip, right? It talks in your brain and you start thinking, you start overthinking. And then you start creating this offense in your heart by just assuming things about your brothers and sisters. The enemy will continually bring that kind of divide in the church. And there's that fight we need to fight in our personal life, in the life of the church, and in the life of the believers around you and people who have not believed. That's the first thing. And in this case, Apostle Paul says, I have fought that good fight. I have fought against the spiritual realms I fought against the people who wanted to done away with the gospel. I fought people who brought and created the wrong and false gospel. So my point on the first one is the enemy comes with his full force against the non-believers as well as the believers. So there's a lot of things we need to see around us and be careful and be praying, be sitting, be on our knees and then saying, God, help me fight this fight today. That's the first point. Are you guys with me? I have not put anybody to sleep, right? <laughs> uh, today, it's, it's going to be more like, okay, uh, I, uh, I needed to rem uh, be reminded of that. It's going to be a reminder sermon more than anything today, I think. So the second thing is there is a race to be completed. In the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 26, this is what it says. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. And then just boxing in the air. So unlike the race of the world, like where there's a winner, in this race, as a Christian, everybody who reaches the finish line is a winner, right? Isn't that a good news? That's a good news. Everybody gets to run, and everybody who touches the finish line, that is, until the end of our life, 
is a winner. He wins. So, but the enemy again comes out distracting us and entangling us in the affairs of the world. That's, the, that's always the problem. The problem is not us wanting to walk in, 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 in Jesus. The problem is there's always distraction. And that comes sometimes subtly. Like, for example, in your family, you have, it's, there's some problems going on. Your son is not going to the church regularly. And your daughter is behaving weird and your grandchildren and they're not the way you thought they would turn out. And there's always that distraction and you, you have to, and then you stop, uh, you get discouraged and you go, oh, I, I wish I could get rid of that. And then you are in a spiral of depression and anxiety and all that happens. Not because you did something, not because you didn't want to walk in the, in the faith, but there's a distraction. So as you run to Christ, there will always be distraction. There's always enemies trying to come and say, hey, did you hear about that? Did you see that? Did you, did you know that? And then he will try to distract you from running the race. This is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. This is what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. You see, there are things that slows us down. The worries, worries of this world, the things of this world, the, the, the possessions of this world. These are tyranny in our life by the enemy. And then if we don't strip, us, uh, strip off of those weight that, uh, that pull us down, we will slow down in our race. So this is uh, the, the writer of the Hebrew says, Throw that away, everything that slows, slows you down. And you can think of things, as I say this to you, that slows you down. Think about it. Is that stress, anxiety, worry? Is that the worry of uh, what's going to happen to me um, if I don't have enough money? Is, is this the economy? Is this politics? What slows you down? What wears you down? You have to think. Because the enemy is out there again. To His goal is for us to... to, to be persuaded to the uh, world of darkness. He wants us to be not looking and running the race uh, fervently. He, he wants us to run the race but fail at it. That's his goal. He will be happy when you say, okay, I don't, wanna, I don't want this Christian life. I'll stop praying. I'll stop worshiping God. I'll stop coming to church. I'll stop gathering with the believers because of such and such things. That's his goal. But as we run the race, be careful. Be careful what's going on. We have to run with purpose and intentionality and avoiding every kind of distraction that entangles us in the affairs of this world. That's the second thing. The first thing we said is the enemy, there's a, good, there's a fight as a Christian to be fought, right? And the second thing is there's a race needed to be completed. And I know we, you, you are here at this point in your life, in your, in your ladder of life, phases of life, and I think you have fought a good fight as a church, right? You have to look into your life again and then say, I am, did I fight a good fight? Am I fighting a good fight? And will I be successful in the end of my life? You have to ask that question. And the third thing is our faith needs to be kept until the end. And this is very important. You have, you have probably heard worship leaders, pastors falling away from faith, right? We see on the news that the, some worship pastor who's been pastor for 15 years suddenly decided not to follow Jesus because he said it's not logical and rational anymore. 
He says, well, I don't want to believe because, because of the megachurch pastors, how they behave. And see, what kind of distraction enemy brings? That which you struggle with. And he will say, look, that's not true. <laughs> he will say, look, that's not true. You, you've been just working hard for nothing. So why not enjoy life and have fun and then just forget about laboring in the kingdom of God? And that's exactly what is happening with our youth with our adults, with our new generation, with my new generation, people don't want to follow because the enemy is distracting again. And we are being distracted by the things of this world. So in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 10, this is what it says. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil throw, will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when... Facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Now, so I'm trying to go fast through these three points because I want to get to the big points, if you will. Main point. Uh, so there's three things. Again, the first thing, there's a good fight to be fought. There's a race we need to complete. And third thing is we need to keep our faith. And many have fallen away. I'm sure you can think of many people who stopped coming to church because they liked their sin. They thought the life is too short to come, in, for to come to church. You probably have seen people who said, well, I want to continue worshiping these other things of my life. You've seen those. But for Christians, in order to finish the race, in order to fight a good fight, we need to keep at it. We need to be consistent. We need to walk and run without being distracted from, by the world. And Jesus knew this would happen. The people would turn away from faith. That's, this is why he says uh, in the book of Hebrew 3.14, For if you are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when you first believed, will share in all that belongs to Christ. That's our reward in the end. Now, in order to reach the finish line, this, uh, these are three things. Again, I'll review that. There's a fight to be fought as Christians. And there's a race to be completed. And finally, our faith needs to be kept until the end. Nothing new, right? You knew all of this. I have 12 more minutes, and I think now I'll start concluding. <laughs> so I'll finally get there, uh, because I take about 10 minutes to conclude my sermon. <laughs> so, you guys with me, right? Is there anything confusing here? No, it's pretty... You have heard this maybe 100 times. It's not new. But then, in order to finish our life, how shall we do... That? I mean, finish our race in this life, how shall we continue? What shall we do? And I brought three things I think we need to at least think about and, and pay attention to and work hard at it. And the first thing is we need to have worship-oriented life. What does that mean? In the book of Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, this is a famous uh, verse, you know this. So whether you drink or eat or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, that's the first thing. Doing everything for the glory of God. Living our life, living your life for the glory of God. What does that mean? That means coming to church is glorifying to God. And not coming to church is not glorifying to God. That's not the understanding of the Bible. Living for the glory of God means whether you come to church, after you come to church, and then you live your own life as you work in our daily life, as you work an uh, entire week doing something else, all of that should be glorifying to God. That's living for the glory of God. So when we do this, when our mindset is not secular and sacred, 
when our mindset is not, a, not like, okay, this is good and pleasing to God and this is not, then we won't be able to live fully for the glory of God. What does that mean? I don't know if I'm making any sense here <laughs> because my wife is looking at me and like, what are you saying? <laughs> so that means every time you step out of the church and you go about your own business, your thought, your mind and your heart, all of that has to be a sacred, glorifying worship to God. And that means you always live to please God. You always live to glorify God. You always do things like if you drive the car, that should be, for, that should be an act of worship to God. Because you are of Christ. There is no two lives for us. For Christians, there is only one life. And whatever we do, everything that we do, we eat, for the, that, that should be an act of worship. We run in the morning, let's say we go exercise, that should be the work of worship for God. That should be an act of worship for God. That should be for the glory of God. And we do that by supplementing with prayers and worship. And you sing songs in your own time. Singing hymns. Singing um, and thanking God. Praying for the believers, brothers and sisters. You do that. That's worship-oriented life. Enjoying God. And that's another important thing is enjoying God. We do that not because oh, we have to do that. We do that because we get to do that. We do that. We sing songs and we worship God and say, Lord, I want to live a worship-oriented life. That means that you enjoy doing that. You have to have joy because you know God rescued us from death and He has brought us into life. From darkness, He has transferred us. He has transferred us in the kingdom of light, His Son, Jesus Christ. So we enjoy that. Every time we do that, we do that with full joy. Now, that's the first thing. Worship-oriented life. Your prayer, your meditation, your reading the Word, all of that. You're driving, you're working in the farm, working your cattle. All of that is for the worship, uh, for the glory of God. That should be for the glory of God. And the second thing is remain focused. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, this is what Apostle Paul says. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This is, I press on. I remain focused. Because, again, we talked about this. The enemy will distract us. He will say, do this and do that. He will, he will lead us to entangle our lives into things that does not matter. So, in order to live a life that is pleasing to God and finish the race in this life, we have to remain focused on Christ focused in the Word of God, focused in the joy of Christ, be satisfied in Him, be completely joyful in Him, be really, if you go to Him, and he will, he, he, will, he will give you more hunger. I think this is kind of paradoxical because uh, Christ fulfills you. He's the living water, He's the living bread. But you want more if you're looking for Him. You want more, and He fulfills you, but you still want more of Him because there's no end to God. He's infinite. And you keep wanting him always. So from that, the enemy will, uh, enemy will distract us. So remain focused. Remain focused. Remain. Keep your eye on the prize, just like Apostle Paul says. And number three is remain faithful. In, in the book of John, chapter 8, 31, this is what he said. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Now, there are tons of things in this world that are they just they, they look like the teachings of Christ 
They look like the Word of God. And that's why we have hundreds of denominations in Christian who call themselves Christians. And but then when you look carefully, look deeply, that's nothing more than their own selfish ambitions. So, but we have to remain, remain faithful to his teaching. That means the Bible, the word of God. We need to remain faithful to his word. And when we do that, he says, you are truly my disciples and you will be with me when, you, when we finish the race in this life. So, in the end, now I'm almost done. We read from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. This is what it says, and I'll again conclude that. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is closed. I have fought the good fight. That means you and I have to fight the good fight of faith. And there will be a lot of things that the enemy will throw in the spiritual realm as we, as we continue to fight to distract us and throw us off from the, from, from the prize that is upward heavenly prize. He will throw us off. So there's a good fight to be fought. And then he says, I fought I've uh, finished the race, and when we want to re- finish the race, the, 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 there's going to be a lot of distractions. And then kept the faith from falling away from believing in Jesus. And then finally, this is what he says, There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to those who have loved his appearing. That's we, we look forward to that. We should look forward to that. We should say, there is a crown of righteousness reserved for me, for each of you. <laughs> and that's the living and eternal life. That is for each of us. Once we finish this race strong, and I want to see all of you there, when, I, when we go there, be in the presence of Christ, I will see all of you, Mr. Tim. I'll see you, and I go, that's Mr. Tim, I... From New Hope Baptist Church. <laughs> and, then, and we'll high five and say, hey, this is... And then we'll say, this is really good. I enjoy here. And then he'll be excited. And Mr. Carmichael will be there singing to God, just like he sang just now. And then I'll say, wow, it's as beautiful as it is if it's, if it's not more. So we'll, that's the life God has reserved for us. And we'll be in the presence of Jesus. And the Jesus will look at him and go, oh, wow, Jesus, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. And then our pain, our suffering will be done away. There will be no tears, no, sh- no, no shading up and shedding of any tears. There will be no pain and no suffering. It's so beautiful. And then Apostle Paul, after he struggled his entire life, he was beaten, he was persecuted, he was, uh, he was thrown in jail, he was, and he finally beheaded. He says to the, towards the end of his life, I have fought that fight. And then he says, now, Timothy, you should fight that fight. And then he says to us today, you should fight that uh, fight. You should finish the race. You should keep your faith. Don't let the people of this world distract you. Don't let the enemy, the devil, deceive you. Fight a good fight. And then he says, then there is a, if you do that, when you see Jesus, there will be the crown of righteousness. And he says, not just for me. This is, Paul is saying, it is not just for me that Christ has reserved that crown. It is for everybody who has who, who have loved his appearing. It's for everybody. It's for all of us. We should rejoice in that. We should rejoice in that. Yes, you'll fight the fight in this world. It's going to be hard. It is hard. It is hard in this world. I'm, I'm here only, what, 27 years, and I can tell... 
if, it, if I can tell this is hard, then you've been here 25 more years than I have been here. And you know it's, it's hard. And you might be thinking, you have not seen the hard yet. <laughs> You're just 27. When you turn 35, you'll know what's hard. And when you turn 35, you'll know what's hard. You're probably thinking that about me. And you're right. I, have, I don't know much. <laughs> but if I can say it's hard, then you definitely know it's hard in this life. But I want to encourage all of us today. Keep holding on to it. Holding on to Christ. If you don't, I mean, today's, from today's message, if you, if you didn't take anything at all, I want to encourage this at least. Keep holding on Jesus. It's going to be okay. Once we finish this, we'll be done away with this. This, this. Just press on. Keep holding on. Look at Jesus and say, Lord, and then enjoy Him in this life. But hold on to that cross tightly and don't let it go. Don't let it go. Because we have and you have loved His appearing. That is why we'll be able to say, we'll be able to say, on that day when Jesus says, welcome, <laughs> welcome, my good and faithful servant. Welcome. And they will say, I have fought the good fight. I have run, ran my race. I have completed my race. And I've kept my faith. I've endured through all that was thrown before me. Now I want to enjoy him for eternity. That's my encouragement to all of us. And don't be distracted. I... Worry and anxiety, depression of this world, there are many. But remind yourself, you serve the King of the Kings. You serve the Lord of the Lords. You serve the Mighty One who supplies everything according to His riches. He supplies to us. He gives us peace. That does, he gives us peace that does not make sense to us because it says we can't even comprehend where did it come from. Science can't explain that kind of peace he gives to us. So enjoy that peace and hold unto Christ. And then we will we'll be joyfully dancing when we get there. I'll see all of you there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this race. I'm 27. I, right? I, I, tend to, <laughs> I tend to lower a few years. So <laughs> but... I thought I should tell the truth when I'm on the pulpit. <laughs> but uh, my, I'm 27, but I want to run this race. I want to focus on Christ. And I hope so will you, so that one day we'll be in the presence of Jesus. Come to Him and enjoy Him. All right. In the end, we read from the book of 2 Timothy 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. He said, I have fought the good fight, and we need to fight a good fight. We, he said, I have finished the race, and we need to finish the race. And then he said, I've kept the faith, and then we all need to keep our faith. And when we'll do that, there's reserved for us crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give us on that day. And not only to us, but to all those who have loved his appearing. That's, that has been the reading and the word of God today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that these amazing, wonderful people of God, Lord, running the race, and Lord, finish, they will finish the race, Lord, as long as you are with them, Holy Spirit, as long as you are their guide, their stand, 
O oh Lord Father, help us now not to be divided, but to encourage one another. Lord, remind us that the Lord is our Lord. And Lord, continue to teach us your word as we do that. And have the hope of the future, O oh Lord. Let us not be hopeless. Let us not be discouraged. But to have faith and hope in you alone, O oh God. From this word today, I hope, Lord, that you would teach us and transform our understanding. That we may focus on you and you alone, O oh Father. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, O oh Lord, to bring this word. And I hope, Lord, you have worked in the hearts of these wonderful people, your word and this message, Lord. We thank you for everything and we surrender everything in your name. In Jesus' name, amen.